program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of Sengents, Glamour Connection, Van Garrett Media, their respective management, contractors, or employees. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness podcast. Share your hotness. Now, here's your host, Lita Green. Hello and welcome to this episode of Share Your Hotness with your host, Lita Green, and my guest, Kayla Molin. Moline. Moline. I was like, I just said it wrong. <laughs> so we were catching up okay. before that we friends on Facebook, which, you know, for people like uh, Kayla and I that are busy doing our kids and our businesses and we're entrepreneurs, um, I, I'm like, I think Facebook is my social outlet. You know, (laughs) yeah. And I have two like, you know, best friends that, you know, that I can call and be like, this crazy thing happened or I can cry, but they're on the side of the country. So I'm like, okay, you know, I just, I just do my family. And so we're like, we've met in person. Yeah. Yeah. We had, but we just enjoy each other on social media. And I I do that all the time. It's like, how do I know you again? All the time. And, and, you know, part of the point of this podcast is that it's not a scripted conversation, that it's not like, okay, this is what we're going to have. And so it's really easy and natural to grab my friends because I already know they're awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Because every once in a while I get in this, um, I'm just going to, maybe I shouldn't say it's publicly, but sometimes I just get in this delete people thing. Yeah. Cause you know, you only can have 5,000 Facebook friends. So for like a month, I'll be like, this person is saying something really mean to someone else mm-hmm. or about someone else. Um, or, you know, I, I don't really get into like what your political thing is, you know, like I'm not going to delete someone for that, but if somebody's like, so-and-so is a big pooper, a pooper snot and <laughs> you know, blah, blah, pooper snot. I'm going to, I'm probably just going to be like, and then I'll go look at it and I'll be like, is this a one-off? Oh, they're always kind of whiny. Yeah. You know, there's actually a couple people that I met through like business things. And then we became friends and I like them as people, but now I'm like with the whole 2020 craziness, I'm like, Hmm. are we still compatible as friends? You know, (laughs) but I hold on to them, but I don't want to see any of their stuff. (laughs) <laughs> that's, um, well, that's where you can like do the unfollow. Right. Yeah. But, um, I, I will admit that, um, a lot of times it's people that I've met in a professional space. So that are sometimes the quickest to be uninvited. Yeah. And I find that I uninvited to be my friend. You like how I said that in a positive way, They're I uninvited. That. I didn't tell them this is what's happening. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But, and I like people, I love the people, but, um, it's, I, perhaps hold people at a higher standard when they, when they have a brand or a business around trying to be an inspiration or motivator or coach to other people. And yet they can't even manage on their public format of social media to uphold what they say or profess that they are. Yeah. I completely agree with that. (laughs) It just is like, yeah. You know, like the mom that's home with her bunch of kids and she's like, you know, 
uh, complaining about her kid one day and but then it's like ends up being a really positive post about motherhood I'm like go you like yeah (laughs) you know yeah but the person who's like I help people you know I won't say any phrases so we don't like tip off any of these people, but you know what I mean? Cause of yeah, course yeah. the only thing, the only phrases that can come to my mind are like actual brands. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. your brand is something like, okay, so, you know, I'm hotness. And if I were on Facebook burning everyone, <laughs> that would be redefining my brand. Yeah. Well, it's important to make your mess, your message. So be real, be authentic, still be you. But then, you know, show people you're not perfect because sometimes that's not relatable either. It's like but that's an interesting phenomenon that, that you and I and, you know, a few other people we could name. We're just being like, I'm just going to be my authentic self, but yep. not perfect. Yep. Right. We both posted pictures because, you know, today I was like, you got all pretty for me because I know what you look like when you're just you. <laughs> Are you yeah. saying I'm not? No, no. Pretty. I'm just I'm just saying your hair is all perfect. And I'm like, oh, did you get all perfect for me? You know? I, said, I got perfect um, for the people. But <laughs> well, the people, um, but that people have this, um, you know, the perfection brands. Right. Yeah. Um, so we can, we can talk about, you know, like the celebrities during 2020 that were like, it's so hard to be home with, you know, not have the support and the nannies in the background. And we're all supposed to like not be touching each other or be around each other. It's like, wait a minute. And yeah. there was actually this huge pushback against perfect brands. And there was this New York times article I read and I'm like, perfect. I'm perfectly positioned for something I'm not even trying to do. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Well, it's just not relatable. I just got on TikTok just barely. It was, I was holding out for a really long time. Okay. <laughs> so so like, why I'm, I'm a good 10 years older than you. Yeah. I'm on TikTok and my bio says my kids here. I'm here. What can he do? Like, yeah, that's why I'm there is I'm still figuring it out. I had a guest on that was telling me all about marketing on social media and how to do reels and TikTok and Facebook reels and all of that. And I was like, he sold me on it. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) I better start doing this. But what's the point? Is it to promote your business? Yeah. To promote my business. But one of the things I loved was I was, you have to watch them to see what's trending. And so you do kind of have to like watch other people's TikToks. So there's this one trend that's like moms Uh on TikTok and they've got their hair all messy and stuff. And then they, they like flip their hair down and flip it up. And then they're beautiful and glamorous. And I was like, awesome. I don't want to do that. (laughs) And I saw someone else do it. And she like puts this thing and she's like, in her pajamas, her hair's messy. And it says me before the kids go to school. And then she goes down and flips her hair back and she looks exactly the same. (laughs) And it's like me after they get home from school. I was like, I could do that. Okay. I might, I might do that one with you. I don't know, but maybe I just need to have my friend Kayla tell me, okay, Lita, this is the trend. Do it because I Uh am, um, unless it's a cat video, (laughs) I am probably not likely to consume it. Yeah. You know, like I don't go and pursue, like figure out what the trends are. I just kind of do my thing. And yeah, well, um, that's one reason why I think TikTok is cool. Cause it's really, really easy to know what's trending. Cause seriously, all you have to do is spend like 15 minutes looking at like the for you page. It's just the ones that randomly come to you. And if you see three people that have done like the same song or the same dance move or like the same kind of a theme, like, Oh, I've seen that 
oh, that person did that too. Then, you know, it's trending. Like you don't have to like go on and Google what's yeah. trending on TikTok. But why, You'll why do we want to trend? Why do we want to trend on Facebook? I mean, on TikTok. On TikTok? Because, oh, I'll tell you. Okay. I was working <laughs> with a client. It was, I, my eyes are really back in my head and I'm like, this but is why? The coolest thing. So I have a client, she's called the safety freak. I'm more than happy to shout her out because she's awesome and she's doing really cool things. So we got her on TikTok. Zero followers, literally just barely started her business. She put on her TikTok, her very first TikTok video with like zero people following her had like 600 views. Okay. So that's 600 people that don't know her, don't know her brand, don't know anything she does now are seeing her on a regular basis. So other videos, like she posted it on Facebook, her friends and family saw it, you know, right. she posts it to TikTok, And now consistently, I would say consistently, she has three to 500 views, depending on the topic of her video. So what's the ROI on that? The return on her investment of time. See what a, see what a dork I am. Well, the time it's like a 10 second video. Okay. You create it directly. No, and on. 15 minutes of research on what is, is, uh, trending, right? See, I couldn't even yeah, remember the word. 15, I know <laughs> like me, I've got a whole list of things like that's trending, that trending, that's trending. Like you just okay. kind of save them all. So then the next time, like I'm all for batch work. You're just so you know, much all the cooler than time. I am. I no. just, <laughs> You know, see, I, okay. So not that I'm, I'm cooler. The- I like easy. I'm like, okay, how many more eyes can I get on my business? Cause right. if I do a Facebook live and only three people see my message, but I do a 15 second TikTok video and 300 see my message, but how many that's more valuable is, is, and here, okay. Here's, and here's my, my main social media problem. Yeah. Here's my main social media problem. I am not doing social media or even this podcast yeah. necessarily to make any money mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, I have, I have my ways that I market and yes, I'm happy when money happens through those streams, but I really am doing it because I feel like it's the right thing to do as a human being with my influence that I have on the planet and yeah, that yeah. money will just naturally flow when you do those things. And so when people say the word trending, I don't know if it's the junior high girl inside of me or the (laughs) fact that, you know, I'm 48 and I've kind of been this age in my mind for a long time. Like I have been a middle-aged woman for a long time, (laughs) even though I'm also a teenager and super immature sometimes, but I just really look at like, but why, what's the point? What's the point? And I am turned off by the idea of fame which is really funny because I'm a speaker and an author and, you know, do the podcast and I'm, and I'm, and I'm good at handling influence. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, you know, so, but um, my media company is laughing the whole entire time we were having this conversation because they have brought up TikTok and um, oh, there's another one. He's yelling it right now in the future yeah. <laughs> as he edits us. Well, one thing he wants is, me to be on. Yeah. One thing when people are just getting started in their businesses, not everyone can hire a media company <laughs> or has a media company. You know what I mean? So well, you have yeah. to be your no, own media company. No, you're totally and right. Get and in front of the pampered. people. Yeah. yeah. The freeway. <laughs> like yeah, the however freeway. many people can find you and always and I, to lead yeah. them to. And 
It's a whole thank process. you for checking my my uh, pamperedness. Thank you very much. You're correct. I stand humbled on my own podcast. <laughs> the rest of this who have to bootstrap our businesses. Okay, no. I am whoa, back her up there, Miss Kayla, because I just kidding. it forever. Like completely. I completely um, I bootstrapped, I bootstrapped my life, you know, yes. like yeah. everything, everything. But when yeah. it came to a point where I had people coming to me wanting to be my media company, wanting to help project my image, and their message did not their um they thought my ideas of doing a podcast that didn't necessarily have an ROI would be stupid yeah. <laughs> instead of like what I wanted it to be. I had to go with the media company that respected my reasons and my why and had a similar heart. Yep. It, does that make sense? And oh, so completely. people were. I mean, this is a really funny story I had. Um, so I happen to be very religious, conservative in my lifestyle, drive a minivan. Okay. And I had a lady who came up to me and well, you know, um, approached me at some speech I did. And she goes, I really want to be your agent. And I was like, Oh, that's funny. I don't know if I need an agent, you know, at the time, three fourths of my speaking work was just on contract. It was just happening. So I'm like, I don't really know if I want to work more and be away from my family more. And do I need an agent? And she's like, okay, I'm going to get you a, I'm going to get you a job, you know, a gig, you know, an speaking engagement. And when you see how great it goes to have someone organize everything for you. And I was like, Oh, I do like the idea of people organizing for me. Yeah. Um, Then you are going to hire me. So she comes back and she says, I got a speech for you at a particular conference and it was for an LGBTQ conference, which I am totally fine with that community. But she says, they're really excited to hear your message on sex. And I didn't do maturation speeches at the time. And so I was like, my message on sex, like, what, what do you think I speak on? And she's like, you know, the hotness. And I'm like, (laughs) it's pretty clear on my website, what the hotness means. And of course, this is someone who said they want to be my agent. And I said, I would love to come and speak, but they're going to be really disappointed to find out the mini driving, mini drip man, minivan driving conservative lady is going to come and not be speaking to them about sex. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that engagement was withdrawn, you know, because I, I wasn't, um, what she purported me to be. So that's nothing against them. It's all on her, but it was just kind of like maybe a little bit of research into who you're, you know? Yeah. Isn't that oh, funny? completely. I think I've actually, I've had that before where I've had a guest on and I didn't do the research that I needed to do. And I'm like asking them questions and they're like, I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> no see, that's, that is my that's podcast. I, I don't do. have to research. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Well, that's good. Okay, but yours <laughs> is on business. And so you're putting it forward people. You need to make sure that their business methodology methodologies would match up with what you're teaching your audience. Yeah. And essentially like my podcast is called let's finish this. And I, I named it that because there's so many entrepreneurs, we have so many great ideas and like, you can do anything you put your mind to. They're just kind of creative people and kind of get stuck in the, I want to create this and this and this and this and this and this. And then you have like all these half finished things that you would like to do someday, but then you never actually follow through with one solid idea that's going to make money. You know, I love to tell people, I would love to help 
you make your dreams and your bank account actually match <laughs> because I know you're a big dreamer and I know that you want to do things that are going to create this awesome life for you, but you got to push, go, you got to finish. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I follow through. I will out myself because people always be like, Lita, it's so amazing what you've been able to create all by yourself. And, you know, even though yeah. I said like I bootstrapped everything, right. Yeah. But the thing that they're missing is that I am married to a, a rock, you know? So even though there were years, like when I was putting him through school where he wasn't making money, mm-hmm. you know, he is a rock. And so I always have that foundation to build yep. on. Does that make sense? And he's always like watching my numbers, making sure that it's making sense, what direction. So it's like my little bumper lanes. So I've been able to dream because when I go too far off into one area, he's like, okay, I love that you're excited. How does this make any sense at all? Yeah. Right. But he let me start it. You know, I mean, he let me sounds like, but you know, he let me (laughs) start a charity in the middle of 2020. That makes no sense because I wanted to. Yeah. And, but I, I think it's really important that a lot of entrepreneurs in our space that we recognize none of us do anything by ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Like the single yeah. mom that she built her business all by herself for the single dad. I don't want to down single dads, right? But when we are married and we have that business partner, even if they're not on paper, our partner, that I can go to my spouse and say, okay, um, I've got this crazy idea. And he yeah. kind of looks at me like, okay. And then I'm like, so if I do this, it'll mean I can't pay us for two months. And sometimes he said, I love that you have ideas and <laughs> we need to be paid. <laughs> so yeah. that's going to be put on hold or that sounds amazing. I hope it works. And so I've been able to fail with that safety zone yeah. and I've been able to succeed with those bumper rails, you know, like bowling bumper rails. You know what I mean? You guys see oh, where yeah. I did it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, A little imagery there. So, um, without, without my spouse, I probably would have been, let's have ADD. It would be my, my podcast that I would. (laughs) So yeah, it sounds like a great podcast. I'll have to listen to it um, after this next project I get done. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. A little joke. I just did. Yeah. It's funny. (laughs) After we do that. Oh no, I can't do it until I do this. Now actually, uh, really, really focused on my son going to be leaving on a mission um, oh, cool. for our church. And, um, where's he going? He is going to be, he has been called. So people in our church, they get um, called to serve anywhere in the world. Right. And I mentioned this more for the audience because not everyone is our same faith, but, yeah. um, you're serving in a volunteer position in your church, in our church, whatever, in your congregation over the women's organization, which happens to be the largest charity, uh, women's organization in the world. So no big deal. Yeah. Big deal. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so he, you know, you put your papers in, you're willing to see, serve, and he's been called to Bogota, Colombia. And um, I, if you could see my eyes right now, they are glistening a little bit. That little mucus behind my nose starts to fill in uh, because I'm so proud of him and I'm so sad it's so far away. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So I'm not, I'm not going to cope well. So just, we're just putting that out there. I'm a very resilient person, but having my, my child leave home and go to a foreign country, um, that might have a little bit of political unstable instability is, uh, yeah, I'll cry a lot. So I'll yeah. cry a lot. Oh yeah. 
as expected. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I, now you have how many boys? I have three boys and one girl. Okay. And your girl's the youngest, right? No, she's actually the oldest. Okay. Then I'm so, sorry. I envisioned the yeah, wrong family. Okay. Yeah, she, family. <laughs> I do that to myself all the time. The family that I think they are, and then they wake up and they're no, it's not just that family. The image of my mind of you <laughs> with your kidding. family, that family picture you posted on social media. Oh yeah. That wrong family was with you. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. No, uh, my daughter is in high school and then my three boys are in junior high. Or um, not junior high. Elementary. I'm like, wait, wait, I don't remember <laughs> twins. When did that no. happen? No, they're all in elementary. But... They're in elementary. Okay, so junior high. Are you ready for that? Yeah, it's just going to have to be okay. Now, how did your when, daughter handle junior high? Did she, did she uh, when, sail through or was it junior no, high? No, she actually has ADD. And so learning on a big scale like that is really hard for her. And I have always known that she would do better with homeschool, but that terrifies me to my core. <laughs> so I never was willing to homeschool her, even though I knew that's what she needed. And then COVID happened when she was in eighth grade and it forced everyone to go to homeschool. How did you do? And it was awesome. <laughs> she did so well. Now, but how did you do Kayla? Cause you said it terrified uh, you to your core. I did really well too with her my boys my boys like homeschooling my three boys was like the hardest thing I've ever had to do as a mother (laughs) and so they went right back to school once school started again but with my daughter when she started ninth grade I actually kept her with half homeschool and half traditional school so she does all of her core classes online. Uh-huh. And then she goes to school for the fun stuff. Like she's Excellent. got choir, she had ballroom dance, art and that kind of stuff. So it's the best of both worlds. And it was like, COVID was awesome for us because well, like <laughs> failing all our classes in traditional school to now, like being able to just be home with her live, you know, online yeah. classes. Well, now as somebody it's all who has ADD, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm really glad because I need diversity in my day. Yes. I need different things happening in my day. And so I joke that I'm unhirable. Yeah. <laughs> because if somebody wanted me to be at the office at like a set time every day and leave the office at a set time every day, I'm like, no, how about I do 15 hours one day mm-hmm. and then the other day is completely different. Yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. work hard and get a ton done. But every day, the same thing every day. Yeah. Oh, and honestly, my daughter is so smart. When she was little, she was talking like when she was one years old, I was talking to her at the grocery store line and the lady in front of us started talking to us. And my daughter starts telling her that her birthday's coming up and she's like, oh, how old are you going to be? And she's like, I'm, I'm going to be two. Yeah. And she's like, no, like she looks at me like there's no way a one-year-old talks this way. He's like, no, she's I, turning too. <laughs> I don't have any uh, record, um, according to my mother of me yeah. talking early, but I sure did talk a lot. Yeah. And there is ongoing debate, but I, I believe my memory to be correct because my mother, um, she only swore when she was mad, you know, oh, yes. but yeah. swearing was not something <laughs> that we were to do in our home. Wasn't allowed. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, I was talking no, 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 and my mom had, was telling the story of how she thought I'll just see because we were driving from one a town of southern Utah to northern Utah, which, you know, six, eight hours you can do. And she says that she was just going to see how long I would talk without interruption, you know, without the need to like, just be still. Yeah. And she kept, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And finally she went, shut the heck up. See, I'm not going to say the actual <laughs> word. It's where Satan lives either way. So it doesn't matter. It's not taking the Lord's name in vain. Yeah. Um, it's taking Satan's place of residence in vain. And that's totally fine. Anyway, she's like, shut the heck up. It's diarrhea of the mouth. And <laughs> she says, she only said, shut up. It's diarrhea of the mouth. But shut up was also a swear word in our home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I believe, I believe I would remember it clearly, you know, cause it was so shocking two mm-hmm. swear words in a row and the diarrhea of the mouth, you know, that's a visual image. Yeah. So, but now um, <laughs> in general, she likes to talk to me, you know, so I've just become more interesting. I just have yeah. more interesting things to talk about. Yeah. So, okay. We got to back up for a minute because we've got, yeah. we've got the four kids. Yep. We've got the husband and we have the business. Tell a little bit about your business. Not that we're like advertising here, but yeah. how'd you get started in it? What prompted it? You know? Yeah. So usually four kids is considered enough. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like <laughs> actually when I was in high school, my whole goal in life was just to be a mom. That's all I wanted to do. I never went to college because I thought, what's the point in going to college if I'm going to be a mom. I'm going to be home with my kids. I don't want to waste my money. You know? Okay. Can I, can I, can I, um, be a little poopy for a minute? Go ahead. Okay. And then we'll go back to the question. As long as you're not judging my choices. No, I'm not (laughs) judging. I'm not judging. I'm just going to dig in for a little bit because, um, I think, and I'm 10 years older, there was a lot of girls that were given that message in, um, religious communities, not just the church use Christ of Latter-day Saints. But culturally, you know, I've lived in Oklahoma, I've lived in Georgia, you know, very common that girls like, I'm just going to be a mom. Yeah. And it's a beautiful concept. It's a beautiful idea. And I am full on board with being an engaged parent. We are not dishing moms and dads Mm -hmm. being fully engaged in their parent, their kids' lives, but it's not realistic anymore. No. And so as you're about to tell your story, I'd love for you to say, what was there the turning point that you went from being the mom? Was it a financial? Oh my crap. I don't have the security I want. Was it, oh wait, I do want to expand. So I want to make sure you tell your story mm-hmm. because there are young girls that are going to listen to this and they need to know that's awesome. You want to be a mom or young men that want to be, you know, yeah. a stay at home dad or whatever, but it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's not really a life plan. No, no. That's for sure. And I thought that just being a mom was going to be fulfilling enough for me because that seemed like the ultimate goal. Like, that's what you do. That's what my mom did. (laughs) And I just loved her. And so I like, I'll have the same exact life. But then as I'm going on, like I was never completely 100% content on that being my only people that I talked to during the day. (laughs) Like it wasn't validating for me. If anything, we need community. Yeah. That was the hardest part about my life. The thing that was added into that, that you are involved in a church community. (laughs) Yeah. So even though you were not like just you and your children and your husband, 
and whatever play groups you were a part of or whatever, and your church community, you still needed more. Yes. Yeah, I completely did. And I needed something that was just for me. So I actually started, um, that's a very long story, but we'll keep it short. I started teaching nutrition and I started working for Robin Openshaw. I don't know if you know Robin. Yeah, Openshaw, I know Robin. Yeah. The green mm-hmm. smoothie girl. Yep. I so, mean, I, we don't hang out, but I know who she yeah, is. I and I her. think we're Facebook friends. Okay. And yeah. I've heard about her green smoothies. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I started teaching her classes and teaching her courses and I was already a foot zonologist. I do foot zoning and I have not had a foot zone people. It's one. <laughs> it's like, it's a scientific foot massage. Yep. Is that fair? Yeah. It's really yeah. cool. I love and it. It'll help um, your neck feel better. Yeah. It helps everything feel better. I could do eight podcasts just on foot zoning. But So I do, I did foot zoning and then through that learned more about nutrition. And then through that learned about Robin and, and I taught her programs and then I became a nutritional therapist and I created my own nutrition courses and I created my own uh, detox program. That's when I started speaking. That's where you and I met was at the national speakers association. And so that's where the business side really started to happen. And I fell in love with teaching. I realized that my imperfect life, the way that it was, I am more likely to do what I really should be doing if I'm teaching those concepts. Oh, and totally. I'm, yeah, like, totally. if I'm not, no one's looking at me. I can watch Netflix all day long and nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe I don't have eyes accountability on me. is, is everything yeah. we need accountability. Yeah, completely. So my best accountability is when I put myself in the place of a teacher. So it's like that Newton's law, an object in motion stays in motion and the object at rest stays in rest. I'm yep. very good at staying at rest. And I have too much ADD to stay at rest, but I need to be focused. Yeah. Yeah. Which is another reason I have my, you know, um, hair toss media company because they, they nag me to do things, but yeah. I'd be like, Let's not, let's not do that right now. Let's like not. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. (laughs) Like this podcast, I think they, they, um, maybe over a year that they were like, you should do this. You should do this. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. (laughs) Even like my daughter, we were going over horoscopes one day and I'm a Libra and she was reading on there, like Libra, like makes it their job to judge people. Oh, really? <laughs> I, like, so that's why you were afraid I would judge you and your choices. Maybe because uh, I'm a judger, <laughs> but I was like, yeah, that's why I became a coach. Cause I love telling people what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and like this way, like nobody likes unsolicited advice, but I love to give advice. So why not structure it? So I can give to advice to people who actually want my okay. advice. Okay. I obviously am finding this to be hilarious because you know why I started doing coaching? <laughs> why? <laughs> because people, and I'm going to offend like 25 people, maybe 28 right now, are like, hey, let's do lunch. And I'm like, that's awesome. When? Mm-hmm. You know, like, even if I want to do lunch, the question is, I've got my kids. Mm-hmm. I have the hours that I've set aside to work. And they shift a little bit because that's how Lita excels, right? Yep. Yep. Um, but there's so many hours that I do in a week. And some days I might do 12, some days I might do four, you know? 
Yep. But I commit to so many hours and then I give myself a reward. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyway, but I only have so many hours that I can work. And so if I go to lunch and you drive over there and then you do lunch with people and right. And then people want to pick your brain. Yep. And I know I'm delightfully entertaining. Right. And one time yep. I showed up at a birthday <laughs> party of a friend. She's like, I really want you to come. I really want you to come. I was like, oh, that's going to be so great. And I showed up and she's like, here's my friend, Lita. She's famous and she's going to entertain us. And I was like, <laughs> I actually just wanted to get away from it all tonight. Yeah, right. You're the and so I started coaching. So when people call me up and they're like, I want to pick your brain. I'm like, great. It's 150 an hour. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is out of one out of every 20 people will actually pay the 150. Mm-hmm. And the rest are like, well, I just want to take you to lunch. And I'm like, yeah, I don't date anymore. I'm married. Yep. And unless there's like a mutual beneficial networking need. Yes. There's really not a reason to schedule that time because we have to be smart with our time, especially mm-hmm. as parents. This is why I make sure we give our kids the eyeball time. Mm-hmm. So that's why I got into coaching. But you know what I hate about coaching? Wow. is when people don't do what they say they're going to do, Yeah, which is a big part of coaching is mm-hmm. holding people accountable. So I'll be like, okay, I will teach you this principle and then I'm out. Like mm-hmm. I'll teach you this principle and then I'm out. Then go, if you want an accountability coach, go find someone that will do that for you. Because I get so grumpy in my own head, which is unsuitable for a true coach. Yeah. Because if I give advice and you just ignore it. I'm like, I just wasted my breath. So I'm loving that. You're like, I love doing this. I love giving advice. So that would make you an excellent coach because evidently you can handle people not listening to it. Oh yeah, completely. I mean, I grew up with four brothers. I spent my whole life not being listened to. (laughs) So, and I'm like, just go be you, but don't, don't take my time. And say, I want to do this and then not do it. Yeah. And you know what? I actually had to distance myself from that because not everybody is going to do what you say they're going to do. And you just have to realize that's okay. Like someone told me once, you're not their savior. They already have one. So you can't put yourself in that. Okay. So let me be clear. It's not about trying to save them. Cause I do agree. Yeah. The only perfect person they killed. You know, um, right. But, um, I just, it, it, um, it's like, you know, somebody needs money yeah, and they're hurting and they're struggling and you can see that and you're empathizing with them. And maybe I'm like a a grumpy empath or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Cause I've had people be like, I'm really empathetic. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. You know, because I, I don't feel like I I have a friend that's an empath and she is just, it like shuts her down and other people's emotions don't shut me down, you know? So anyway, but you know, you could feel how much they need this money and they're not willing to do 15 or 20 minutes of something productive every day towards a goal. And that just in my own mind, it hurts my feelings about humanity. Yeah. And so I I need to distance myself from that. I have a list of like 30, 50 things. I can't even think of how many is on the list now. A ton of things of ways to make money really fast. Uh huh. And I give those to people quite often who are like wanting to join the course or wanting to get training, but don't have the money. And I hate 
when people use money as an excuse because money is everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just everywhere. There's always a way to make money. And so, and I know that's a whole thing of scarcity no, but and it, mindset no, but and all that, but it's beyond it's, scarcity and mindset. Yeah. If because you, can't just you can do that yeah. little thing, just like, do it. you're that, not going to do anything. I teach you, you won't even do it because you can't like one of the things I tell people to do honestly is go do DoorDash, DoorDash for a few months, mm-hmm. make money doing DoorDash and then fund what you're trying to do with hire people to do the things that you don't know how to do. So when my husband and I were newlyweds, yeah, um, our van, I mean, our, our pickup, which was our only vehicle at the time needed some repairs. Um, can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like 800 or a million dollars, you know, somewhere between there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we didn't have the extra money in our budget to do this. And so we ended up, you know, we both had jobs, um, can't remember what mine was at the time, but he was in the military. So, you know, really high paid, you know, rich guy. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we delivered phone books door to door. And I was sitting at the, the shop getting tires on our vehicle. And I was kind of laughing because like, we've got all these bathrooms being renovated. We've got the one vehicle with the motorhead thing and it's in the garage. And now our other car and I'm sitting there literally the day before my daughter has a car accident and possibly totaled our other car. But I was sitting there thinking, all I have to do is sit here. And I was doing some business on my phone, making some money as I'm sitting there. And I just thought, wow, but you know, you're right. Because my ability to sit there and get tires and spend 900 bucks on a vehicle and not really be that stressed about it. Mm-hmm. all goes back to my willingness to deliver phone books. Yep. So you're a smart business coach. Yes, you are, Kayla. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because they and- go hand in hand and I'm just like, yeah. do the simple things. Yep. Do the simple things. Yeah. If you can't do the simple thing, you'll never do the big thing. It will be too big, mm-hmm. too scary. Say that like, again. If you can't do the simple thing, you'll never do the hard thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't. It's, it's just, uh, you know, milk before meat, like the Bible talks about, it's just this mm-hmm. principle, the law of the harvest. Mm-hmm. And yet the simple things are hard to do consistently. So I don't want anyone to be like, Oh, I missed doing my dishes yesterday. Crap. You know, <laughs> I mean, we're never perfect. You know, we're human beings, but yeah. I, um, I, <laughs> I have, a, I have a sister-in-law. She's passed now. Very sad. But she thought shopping at um, secondhand stores was beneath her, Mm -hmm. but yet they were very poor and Mm -hmm. neither one of, she had a high school degree, but um, my, my sibling did not. And my, I say my sibling because at the time he was male now female. So I want to be respectful, Mm -hmm. but at the time he was female. I mean, he was male, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. So I want to be respectful, but she thought um, her wife thought that shopping at secondhand stores was, you know, beneath them, white trash. And yet the whole entire time, the money management escaped her. Mm-hmm. They were never, you know, so in debt, so financially stressed, refused to work because married women don't work, which was a big shock to me. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and I just thought, well, if you shop at secondhand stores, then you can save some money. 
that then you can then put in savings. So then, you know, you, you're right. Like it just, it all plays into each other. Oh yeah. I have always like shopped for the sale or even when I was in high school, when I would go to the mall with my friends, I would buy the things that were on sale on like ridiculously clearanced items. I would get shirts for 50 cents. <laughs> it was yeah, awesome. Yeah. Back when you could back in the old days. No, but I would come home from the mall with a huge bundle of stuff. And my friends would come home with like one pair of pants and we had the same budget. But I like came home with the whole wardrobe and they like, why do you have so many clothes? Like, I guess well, because I, I'm fabulous. Thank I know you. how to do it. And I'll yeah. go to these big working events with people that you can tell like money is important to them. <laughs> we'll just say it that way. And they'll compliment me like, oh, I love your sweater. or I love those shoes. And in my head, I'm like, these cost me $3. <laughs> no, I actually tell them because <laughs> I worked as an image consultant. I, I, you know, I teach workshops still on image and confidence and how they play in together and everything. Yeah. But I, during my heyday, when I'm like teaching courses in Boston, you know, which I think is probably the pinnacle of my image consulting. I don't know if you can say anything you do in Utah. Um, you know, is like a pinnacle, right? Boston's pretty cool, right? Yeah, yeah. And Salt Lake City um, is pretty cool, don't? Well, it's Utah's <laughs> Salt Lake's a small town that thinks it's I a know. big town. You know, it's now I've true. offended 150 people. <laughs> uh, 51. Just kidding. I know, like, <laughs> not um, really. And let's just bring up something controversial now, so I can offend more people. But um, anyway, I would, you know, often, cause those were during the years that I was having babies. And so my body was changing a lot and I was trying to hide my pregnancies because I had miscarriages mm -hmm. and often my outfits were all, you know, from head to toe under $5. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I ended up now teaching principals how to do that because you, and I still, um, it was actually a hard thing for me to switch to my time it might just be more worth it for me to go on to antaylor.com. I know what size I am and just buy these pants. Mm -hmm. Then my time of trying to hunt them down. That was actually a harder switch for me, but I mm -hmm. still love the hunt. And um, my kids, um, we check out the savers first. If they need something, you check savers first. If we don't have it, okay, then we're going to, you know, then we can go to the store. Halloween costumes. That is seriously my kids <laughs> like even just barely, they're like, okay, can we go to the DI? Cause in Utah, it's Deseret Industries. Yeah, can we go which to is the DI and look for Halloween costumes? I'm like, yes. Raising them right. Cause it used to be, let's look on Amazon for Halloween costumes and you're spending 30 bucks for something they're wearing one time. And right. it just bugs well, me. <laughs> back in the day when we hit rocks for communication is our early texting. Uh, yeah. We made our own costumes. Oh yes. And it was, and it was I really do that a lot. Cool. And I have, I have, I was up till one 30 last night finishing a costume that my son requested. Um, and my daughter has an, a one she purchased off of Amazon and we split it. We paid half, you yep. know, yeah. 12 bucks or whatever. But, um, I, I think that if, if you can do the small thing of managing how your resources are going out, you know, the old saying, it's not how much you make, it's how you spend. Yeah. Which I want to circle back to coaching. You know, you you were teasing me about my pamperedness of having a toss the hair media company, which I love. Yeah. I love and I highly recommend them. They're amazing, uh -huh. but it yep. wasn't my first year of business, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I will say that they're, they're because of their heart, they're reasonable. 
you know, they're not, um, they're, you know, I wouldn't say they're, I'm not going to put out like people are cheap. That's like a mean insult to put to people, but yeah, you know how they say like, Oh, charge this much because you're more exclusive. Mm-hmm. I, this is my, my, um, being poopy to the coaching world. That is your, is your desire to actually impact people or to make the most money you can have. And I just believe yep. that if you, if your desire is to impact, then the money you need to make and the money you want to make will all flow together. I a hundred percent agree with that. It's a little bit eerie how much the money flows to you. Once you realize that money actually does flow to you. <laughs> right, right. It's it's little, like, I remember when I first started coaching my husband and I, we didn't have money. Like we were paycheck to paycheck to the max, even then like not able to pay bills. Cause when 2008 came around, he lost his job, which mm. I don't know if we remember 2008 and how magnificent. The I remember it. Then. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, when I ramped up, um, yeah. my business. Um, yeah. and then I got pregnant with my daughter, Caitlin. So then I revved it down. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Be on bed rest for seven months, but yep. was still making money while I was on bed rest, mm-hmm. which is like hands, the hands, the roof, you know, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was a scary time. And it's like, okay, how am I going to pay to create a website, pay to have marketing done, pay to this, 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 like it was so stressful, pay to have the right coach help me. <laughs> like, well, you just go on TikTok and you watch what's yeah. trending. You spend Not in 2008. I'm making uh, a joke. Did you see my <laughs> joke? It was, was a joke. <laughs> I know. I, I speak in jokes. So I hear you. Yeah. You're like, Lita. <laughs> That's exist my in 2008. It was my space, which that's my love language. We were not. I know. <laughs> I I still remember hearing about my space and I'm like, why? I don't get it. Why, why do you- people care? Why do people care about what you and your family did? I was like, what? And yeah. then I got on Facebook and I still was like, why do I care about other people? <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. That's my now outlet. <laughs> And now I live on it. I don't like scroll. I don't do a lot of scrolling because I've, if you're an entrepreneur and you use the excuse of like market research, you'll spend all day scrolling and get nothing. I use my private potty time and that is where I go and see how my friends are doing because I do 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 Yeah. Oh, it drives my husband crazy. He's a germaphobe already. And <laughs> oh, first of all, like COVID has been wonderful for him. Cause he's like, more people are washing their hands. I have permission to wear a mask. I have permission oh, to like open doors with a Kleenex. <laughs> um, I'm a makeup artist. I'm a little bit of a germaphobe, but so I yeah. would just say, wash your hands before you go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I sanitize my phone. Yeah. I feel like yeah. it's okay. We were and, actually, you know, don't be, t- but the thing is, you know, girls and, and men, we have different anatomy. True. So we're like not touching ourselves until we're done. <laughs> you put your phone this, down. This conversation just went way off the rails. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm a maturation program teacher as well. Oh, that so, is true. Yeah. Um, no, I can we talk were... about that all day long and make it entertaining. <laughs> yeah. I'm a foot zoner too. So nothing makes me nervous. Like I can talk about people's bowel movements all day. <laughs> And I had, you know, was in threat of colon cancer and I thought I had colon cancer. Cause that's what my doctor said. 
but it was other colon issues. And so I joke, if I ever manifested any hardship I've ever had, it was that one because my swear word (laughs) of choice is poopy. So (laughs) I don't really believe in manifesting, which that would be interesting for us to talk about the difference between flowing and manifesting. Yeah. You know, because flowing is a side effect of following certain laws as I see it. Yes. The law of the harvest, you know, to make it Mm -hmm. simple where manifesting, I think is we're trying to recircumvent, even if we haven't followed that law. Yeah. That's how I see people like, no, I manifested this. And I'm like, okay, but you're still speeding. You can still get an accident. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that's not a perfect. I actually have a friend who will not wear a (laughs) seatbelt. Because of those similar issues, like I'll be fine. And one time we were going somewhere and I was like, well, and I said, my dad's famous line, if we get in a car accident, you are going to fly into the front seat and hit me and kill me. And I am not ready to die because of your negligence. (laughs) That, that trumps my uh, saying to the kids, you do not have the right to make me miserable in this car. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. You don't have the right to kill me. Yeah. I'll just up it. Yeah. I know. Like I, I made the right choice. Yeah. I am a, I'm a half believer in manifesting, but I'm not a believer in manifesting without the action. Exactly. Action has to come there. Like, so like the flow and the, I love talking about those laws of nature that are just real for science. There's no way around it. Shameless plug in my first book, how to embrace your inner hotness. I talk about the power of the words we use. So I am a big fan and talk a lot about an affirmation exercise that I call Vandy prayers. Mm-hmm. However, um, you know, the story that comes to my mind is I had a team member who joined my skincare and makeup team. And she said that she had a manifestation of a tsunami of money coming at her. Mm-hmm. So she didn't need to do booths anymore. And she didn't need to do any marketing because it was going to flow to her without any of the work. And I'm like, are you sure that's not going to be like a wave that's going to like crush you, (laughs) you know, like, yeah. And so that was, you know, she had this very clear vision, this manifestation, even if maybe even in her, her, I I don't want to say religious because she wasn't religious, but you know, her, her spiritual belief, um, that money was going to flow, but she wasn't willing to do the simple things. And had all the talent and the ability and charisma to do anything she wanted, but hasn't been able to do those things. I haven't seen that success happen because, you know, success is sometimes messy, like hard work. It's always messy. You know, (laughs) like that's the law of the creation, right? It has to be organized and then unorganized and then organized again. And then you have to like pull things from other places to create something else. You have to have the mess. If there is something that like, if you're creating something out of clay, you start out with a big lump of nothingness clay, and then you form it into something beautiful, but it doesn't start beautiful and stay beautiful. That's our lives. And you're totally right. Totally right. I totally agree with this. Okay. I feel like, did we go, did we finish your story of your origin story. I don't know your, your ADD had a little squirrel moment, but I did it. I embrace it. I have a daughter (laughs) who thinks the same way. Uh, No, but so now just thanks for coaching coaching. that. Hey, you're good. (laughs) (laughs) You're so welcome. Um, but 
I started coaching and I started realizing that how much I love to teach and coach. And so then I turned all of those things that I love to do and transitioned that into now teaching other coaches how to fulfill what they feel like they've been called to do. You know, a lot of us have been called to teach a message. There's a lot of people I've talked to that have said, I know I have a message to share, but I just don't know how to share it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so many people. So, and you've done this with children, which is super, yes. I'm going to tell you another poopy story and yeah. then you're going to get us back on point. Yeah. You're good. That I had, um, in the early days of my career here in Utah, which, um, was, you know, ramping things up because my husband had a heart condition and has, a heart. we just, you know, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I need to ramp things up. I need to be able to make more money. Cause I like financial security and I like eating. I'm really weird that way. But, um, anyway, so this lady wanted to invite me to her exclusive program, blah, blah, blah. And she was asking for significant little words are hard, significant amount of money and me being very, um, well, show me the money. Like, right. Like I will, I will work hard and I'll do the stuff, but I need to know it's going to produce what I'm expecting it to produce, mm-hmm. or I'm go- I'm going to do it for, let's just let things happen. Right. But, yeah. you know, I have so much time and I have to do ROI activities in my productive time. Right. Anyway. So she's telling me like, I'm going to be empowered. And I'm like, check, I'm empowered. She's like, you'll be mm-hmm. motivated. I'm like, check empowered and yeah. motivated. Um, you're going to feel confident. <laughs> check confident that so all the words she was using were not a pain point for me yep. and recognizing that she's really trying to make a sales pitch to me. I said, you know, I'm just not connecting with what you're offering. So, you know, you're going to have to address a pain point that I have. And she's like, okay, what are your pain points? And I was like, okay, well, are, are you married? And she's like, no. And I'm like, do you have kids? And she's like, no. And I'm like, have you made a million dollars? And she's like, no. And I was like, well, probably not going to be a good coach for me. And she's yeah. like, well, what does that have to do with anything? And I'm like, I'm motivated to work because of my husband. I didn't go into all of this with her. I'm yeah. motivated to provide for my children and a million dollars will pretty much solve my problems. Mm-hmm. You know? So if yeah. you, you can't teach where you haven't got, right. No. And I, I can yeah. tell as an image consultant, how she was presenting herself, she had not made a significant amount of money yet. Mm. and because money shows up and, or just a good eye at DI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? As we've discussed, there's, you know, a good eye at Salvation Army. Right. But yep. she did, was not presenting herself as though she had made significant or even a, a fair amount of money yet. Cause her shoes were worn her purse, you know, things like that, yeah. which is fine. I'm not judging, but she's asking me for a lot of money. So mm-hmm. she, I need to make sure she's made some money that she's not just going to be throwing out hypotheticals to me. And I said, well, if you can't teach me how to run my business and my marriage and to run my business and my children, and you haven't been more successful than I am at this point, then what exactly is my money going to buy me? Mm -hmm. And she couldn't answer that question. Yep. And so obviously I didn't hire her. Right. But I think it puts you in a very strong place as a coach that you've done this from nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, your husband's finances were compromised. So different than what, I mean, mm-hmm. there have been times where my husband, like I said, wasn't making money, but, um, I've been able to really grow my business really exponentially because I had that flexibility with his income. So it's not just me and Lita on my own. I'm amazing. Right. So you, you can beat me on that and you, um, have four kids 
and you've managed to build a very successful business. So I think that's really awesome because it's always mm-hmm. funny to me when people are like, I can teach you how to get here. And I'm like, do you know where I'm going? Yep. I always tell people to start out with teaching someone that they're just one step above because everyone has to start somewhere. Yep. If I were to try like the girl from 2008, if she was trying to teach the Kayla from today, I wouldn't hire her mm-hmm. because she hasn't been where I need to be. But the right. girl from 2008 knew how to release 30 pounds because right. that's what she had done. And so that's where you start. You start with where you are. You start yep. with what you know and, and be you honor honest. the process. Yes. You know, that's yep. a big thing. They'll be like, I, I remember one time this lady was like, I'm going to, I teach people to get six figures. And I was like, why six figures? Yeah. And she's like, cause it's like all this money. And I'm like, cause it's about six figures <laughs> is a lot of money. Then you haven't made it yet. Yeah. Because six figures is middle-class. Yep. And I was actually thinking that just the other day, I was like, why is that so intriguing to people? Six figures is not a lot of money. But I remember like just average. I, was I remember um, in my early twenties, hearing someone over talk and talking about how their job, they were going to get 45,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, dang, that's a lot of money mm-hmm. because where I came from and the world I grew up in, that was a lot of money. Yep. And so, um, but it's just funny how they throw that out. And I almost feel like it's predatory to be going around being like, I'll get you to six figures. And it's like, maybe, no, maybe not because they got to learn the simple things. Right. So they put Mm -hmm. in all this money thinking it's a cha-ching put in the bank. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's true. It's poopy. (laughs) I remember in junior high, we, did this thing where we got to say like what we wanted to be when we grow up. And, and I chose like my ultimate dream job was, um, advertising agency. Oh, so cute. <laughs> and it was, I was going to earn like, and I, she told us like dream big, you know, what does your house look like? How much money are you making? And like my big vision of like ultimate goal was $20 an hour. Wow. Like, <laughs> we like calculated it out. And yeah. And I like, Whoa, $20 an hour, eight hours a day for a whole year. Like, whoa. Now, what grade was this? Eighth grade. Yeah. But no, I could I could see an eighth grader, you know, because they don't have the concept but of money. They really don't. Yet. And I didn't, you know, at that point, right. I did have a job. Like I've had a job since junior high. I've consistently been working and doing right. things. But but you weren't making 20 bucks an hour in junior no, high. No, I was a carny. <laughs> <laughs> Working at a, the city carnivals. I love I it. Like babysitting. I know. Like yeah, I love one it. day that's going to be a, like one of those questions of like, did you know, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> what was her first job? It was a company. <laughs> so I had this game that I played around probably around 12 to 13 mm-hmm. where, you know, phones that you have to, you know, turn the dial. Right. Yeah. And the Sears catalog, this makes me sound like I'm from the 1940s, but the Sears catalog and people would call in on the phone. Yep. And like, this is a, this is a fake phone. This is not hooked up to anything phone. You know, it was a phone that didn't work, whatever, just spare in case anyone broke. I don't know why it was available at the house, but anyway, I had a Sears catalog and a phone and I was the person that would help them find what they needed in the Sears catalog. So evidently my big dreams were to be a salesman. Yeah. (laughs) A telemarketing salesman. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, no, those are not my dreams today. But no, my I dreams are not the game. same. But I've, I have found that like all the things that I wanted to do when I was younger, I am today, but just in a different form. Like I still have to know the marketing world. I still yes. have to know how to run ads and what's going to be intriguing to people. And when yeah. I was in high school, I went, even though I knew I wasn't going to college, like I still went on a specific track. that was a teacher track in high school. So all of my classes were geared on if I were to one day be a teacher. And I was like, Oh, I am a teacher and I yeah. am still in advertising, but it's just, I've made it my own instead of following what and everything I've done has involved people and helping them find their needs. It's just not from the Sears catalog anymore, but it still has to do with beauty. <laughs> well, well, beauty Beautiful. speaking the books, you know, it all yeah. kind of goes in with helping yeah. people find what they need, but mm-hmm. I would make up these scenarios of what these people were on the other fi- side of the phone yeah. and um, be like, Oh, well, actually we just got in. And I'd be like thumbing through the Sears catalog. <laughs> Oh, that's that's funny. super funny. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay. So do your kids have like this? Oh, I, I want to do what you do when they get bigger. Do they have, is it help them having you they, kind of be this coach? They kind of drive me crazy because they are all, they all have such a big entrepreneur mindset. <laughs> I'm like, can you think of something that you could still use that, but not involve me? <laughs> <laughs> because I've got my own stuff going on. Like my, oh, they're going to be entrepreneurs and you're part of the business. Yeah. And they want my help. <laughs> like, I got it. Well, because hey, they already like hey, my son. That's awesome. And that's I love a it. Huge compliment. Huge. And compliment I do help you. them. Like yeah. my daughter creates art and I'm like, okay, you've created this art. Now let's show you how to get that art on Etsy and start selling your art. Let's make t-shirts out of your art. <laughs> you know, love it. my, my son, who's eight years old really wanted a pro scooter. And I am a big advocate of not ever saying the sentence to my children. I don't have enough money or we don't have money for that. But I do tell them I'm choosing not to spend my money on that because they'll say you have the money, you have enough money. And, and I let them know, like we have plenty of money. Money comes to us. You're not. That's what I say. I'm like, I have money. You don't have money and you want this scooter. So what are you going to do to go out and earn the money? So we brainstormed a lot of ideas back and forth because I have, I know a lot of ways to make money, you know? Right. Right. And so I gave him a lot of options of like, what is realistic for an eight-year-old? We landed on painting addresses on curbs. Have you seen that? Like the white Uh, spray paint. That's what we did. So one afternoon went door to door. He had to do all the talking. He had to do all the, like the whole thing of, hi, I'm trying to earn money. Can I paint your address on your curb? You know, whatever he said. And then I went with him and I observed and I over, I oversaw and, you know, made sure the lines were straight and he did the painting and he did everything. And then if there was some touch-ups to be made, then I would help him do the touch-ups. Right. And he made $90 to go towards his $80 scooter. I made him buy the supplies (laughs) because it's a business. So he's like, why do I have to, I made him donate. 10% 10% because Excellent. we donate 10% to give to charity, no matter what kind of beliefs you have or charity, Absolutely. like give 10% back to someone else mm-hmm. and save 10% to, 
to just sit there and do nothing. So I like on purpose allowed him to do all of those other things and still be able to drive his scooter. But now he said, I am going to take so much more care of this because it was really hard work <laughs> to get this so- scooter so many good parenting things in that. And I totally agree that it's easy to give our kids everything. Um, you know, I have been working since I was eight and I, I, there was this first Christmas that we got to this house, this life, my husband's an attorney, you know, like what, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and, um, I went a little crazy and I was like, at the end of that, I was like, this Christmas wasn't any better, like Mm -hmm. how it felt was not any better. And of course my little crazy might be other people's like normal, but for me, I went super crazy. And for me, I, you know, we pared down to three gifts. Yep. You know, something that they really want, something that they need and something to share, which matches up with the three Kings gifts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then there's the Santa thing that's around 25 bucks, you know, and that's your stocking, you know, but, and there have been Christmases since we've lived here that it's all from yard sales because I just happen to find amazing things and they're little kids and they're just happy with any Lego thing. And it doesn't matter yep. if it came in a box. Right. Yep. And, but, you know, keeping Christmas simple, you know, helps me stay more focused on why I'm yeah. doing Christmas, but it also teaches our kids, you know, what you're teaching your kids too, is to make sure that they know how to work. We require our kids to have a labor job. Mm-hmm. So my son chose yard working. My daughter chose being a maid. Yeah. And they and have we so do many that years too. of that. Yeah. And then my husband, he's like, okay, so let's think about this. Cause they're like, oh, like one of them scoop poop, go to the neighbor's doors and they'll pay you to scoop their poop. They don't want to yeah, do they will. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to do that. That's so hard. That's so gross. And we're like, okay, when you're an adult, I want you to think about this. I want to think about the amount of training you're going to need to do for your job because the amount of training to be at like a harder job or, you know, the blue collar jobs you have like on the job training or whatever, and they don't pay you as well. And that right. work is going to be harder. It's oh yeah. Working going fast to be harder. Yeah. You know, being a framer like way as an adult. Work. Yeah. Way harder. Bo- eventually your body can't handle that anymore. So right. if they have that, when they're little of like, okay, when I grow up, I want to be the CEO or the creator or that person who's able to give back. Like we'll take people, we'll take our kids somewhere and like, let them give the waitress like a huge tip so they can see how good it is to give back and, mm-hmm. and how money is a blessing and what your time is worth, <laughs> like what you're able well, to do. It's, it's a resource and how we yeah. use the resource of from the planet we live on to the resources we have on our home to money that, you know, flows in and out of our home, right? How we use that. There is a spiritual principle to that. Oh yeah. And you really don't understand it until you've done the labor. Like you say, you really don't get it until you've been in trenches and you've lived it. And then you're like, Oh, I don't ever want to live like that again. Like I've been poor. I've, I've had to be on government assistance, you know, I've lived there, I've been there and I've done that. And I don't ever want to do that again. And mm-hmm. so like having the experience, not saying that everybody needs to be poor, but I think anyone who's no, I think married goes through it. I, I think <laughs> the beginning, I of think marriage, it is good to be, to have a, yeah. a time of poverty. Um, so too. 
I, you know, uh, I think it's okay to be a little uncomfortable because of yeah. what it teaches you and yeah. refines you. And why I think it's so sad that we, um, I don't think anyone should ever go hungry, yeah. you know, but I okay. Agree. We, we've got to, we got to focus here because we could talk forever clearly. I know. <laughs> and I have to ask you, you know, as we close up our fun time, like yeah. we got to focus as we close yes. up here. You've got one um, minute to your next appointment. <laughs> I, yeah, there, <laughs> there is that. I looked at the clock and I was like, Oh, dang it. <laughs> okay focus okay Okay. don't be all ADD on me Kayla okay so what is your fuel that is something that you add to your life that lights you up um it could be a daily habit or affirmation that gives you strength my biggest thing I think is what I've already touched on is being able to teach people I think being a teacher is one of the the highest callings in life. And it doesn't mean that I have to have it all figured out. And it doesn't mean my life has to be perfect, but it just what you're saying that I'm willing to try. I'm willing to make myself better today than I was tomorrow. And I'm willing to help other people out along the way. I think that's a really big point about you don't have to know it all to be an Mm -hmm. expert at something because you're still going to learn and grow and become a better expert. Right. Exactly. Okay. So what is your oxygen? This may be something that others may not see that is a part of everything that you have become. I love the fun. (laughs) Like if it's not fun, I really don't want to do it. And I've done a really good job of doing things that are really hard, but still keeping it fun. (laughs) Like I really like, it keeps me going. It keeps me motivated and I really am motivated by the fun and I know how to have a good time. The <laughs> and hard and still- fun. I want more time to go into that, but we're just yeah. sit with that. Everyone pause. Yeah. Good thoughts. Okay. What is your heat? Um, this is a unique gift or talent that you give the world. And maybe the thing, the thing that you're most proud of. I have a really good natural ability to create things. I have been like told by many people, of course you can do that. Why do you have so many talents? And that seems like I'm just talking about how awesome I am. But one day I was telling my friend, I was like, I figured it out. It's not that like, I'm just good at everything. I'm good at creating. I can see that matter unorganized and I I know how to organize it. Yeah. I think that you're also willing to fail. Oh, yes. Right. And so I think that's a big part of figuring things out is trying this and then trying that and trying this and just keep going. Oh yeah. When you sew something, you know, that you've done really well is because you didn't have to unpick that time, (laughs) you know, like you're always unpicking. And my mom's been sewing for 60 years. Well, she's not that old. She's been, we'll say 50 years and she still has to unpick things. (laughs) And she's like a master. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be willing to allow yourself Mm -hmm. to make mistakes. And through that that creation process, it's going to happen. That's a great analogy. Stop putting down so many great gems that we don't have time to go into. I speak into. in analogies. I don't know. I know. And I love to. it. I love it. I, I love analogies. Kayla, yeah. thank you so much for being on today and sharing. Uh, you know, we've got some amazing takeaways for people, you know, do the simple thing, right? Yeah. The hard and the fun. There's so many great gems you've given us today and mm-hmm. a lot of fun. So thank you, my Thanks, friend. Lita. I had on. a great time. <laughs> thank you. And thank you to you listening for being on this episode of Share Your Hotness with Lita Green and my guest today, Kayla Mulling. The Share Your Hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett Media. Lita Green is the host and creator of the podcast. 
Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.